You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of HR Mavericks. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Will Pang, who's the CEO and co-founder at Northstar. Will, how are you doing today? Great. How are you? Great. It's great to have you on the show. How's that beautiful Southern California weather treating you? It's, it's great. We got the mild winters here, 70 in the day and uh, in the 40s at night. I know. I think those of us in colder climates are probably jealous of that this time of year. I'm looking out the window at just snow on the ground here in Utah. But hey, we are we are super excited to have you on the show today and really excited to kind of leverage the expertise that you have to really talk about an important topic. But before we jump into that, tell our listeners a little bit more about your career background and also what your company Northstar does. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Northstar is an employee financial wellness company, and we partner with leading employers like Zoom and Snap uh, to help the 100% with with every financial decision. Um, This is a problem that is very important to me personally. Um, I am an immigrant, uh, was born in Taiwan, um, family moved to the U.S. when I was quite young for the classic Asian American dream. And uh, was lucky enough to go to a great college, but graduated with a lot of student debt um, and just didn't have anybody to turn to, uh, Googled the answers, um, but still made all the mistakes and realized that uh, the, the, this problem is actually quite common, uh, whether it be around student debt or um, other types of debt or saving for the first time, uh, understanding how to choose the right health insurance plan all these different financial questions that are related to uh, the employee experience. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we really wanted to democratize access to the financial best practices uh, for everybody. I love it. So if I understand that right, what Northstar really focuses on is really whole, you know, a holistic financial wellness and benefits for employees. So you partner with companies and they offer this as, as really like a benefit to their employees to think broader than just, here's your healthcare benefit or here's your 401k or whatever it is to think more holistically about financial wellness. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. It, it, and it goes beyond just simply a coach who, or even a call center who uh, you can talk to. It's about expanding the definition of financial wellness to include not just budgeting, but also debt management, investing, uh, and, and kind of everything that is related to the ways that a financial plan can help people achieve their life goals. Um, in many ways, uh, financial plans are, are life plans. And uh, I think it's really interesting to think about the ways that uh, uh, employment is the primary source of wealth creation for the majority of Americans. Um, so I think there's a, a, a responsibility uh, for employers to support their employees beyond just giving them a paycheck. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, this is the reason why we wanted to have you on the show today, because it's such a relevant topic, especially today. You know, we've seen it so much the last few years as 
you know, companies and, you know, the media talks about the great resignation and so many people are wanting more from their work environment, from their employers and employers are being forced to think more about holistic employee experience, right? And how do you care for the employees? I, I know I've shared this on many episodes in the past, but one of the classic analogies that I really love is thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs applied to employees in the workplace, right? And so if you think about the bottom level employee needs, it's really about how do you make enough money to provide for your food and shelter and basic human necessities? And further up on the pyramid is things like you know, fulfillment and culture and career advancement. And I think especially in a, in a lot of, you know, small businesses that might have a lot of frontline or deskless workers or even part-time workers, sometimes the, those people who are just starting out, maybe minimum wage, um, they're focused is really on that bottom tier of the pyramid. And so that as employees, as employers, it's important to, to realize where your employees are at in that pyramid and help them continue to advance to kind of the next tier up that pyramid to really improve that employee experience. Yeah. And I, I think there's uh, the cliche that money doesn't buy you happiness, but I, I think it, it does. And obviously there's more nuance to generalized statements like that. Um, and to build on what you said, uh, especially for, for those who are living paycheck to paycheck, which is a significant number of, of, of Americans. Uh, I think there was a, a statistic that was going around uh, a few years ago that half of Americans don't have $500 to pay for, for an emergency. Um, and yeah. uh, it's really difficult to uh, not only have financial stability if uh, you have uh, uncertain or volatile income about when it comes in or how much it how much you're going to be paid, um, but it's also really difficult to uh, have emotional uh, and and mental well being if you're constantly having to worry about uh, kind of basic human necessities. So uh, I think there's uh, an increasing focus on how uh, it, it's no longer enough to. Uh, just uh, give an employee a salary um, and, and hope that they can figure it out. Uh, I, I think uh, there's there's not only a altruistic reason uh, to support employees' financial well-being, uh, but also a, a very practical reason uh, that uh, turnover is incredibly high in, in these current uh, markets. Yeah, I totally agree. And so that's that's why I think this topic is so relevant, so interesting right now. So I'm excited to dive into this a little bit deeper with you and, and specifically really around this idea of how personal finance and work benefits can be kind of unified together and how employers should be thinking about that today. So to really get us started um, further you know, in that discussion, tell us, you, you, you talked about this a little bit more, but tell us a little bit more about how Americans' financial stability has really changed over the past few decades. I know you've done a lot of research into this, right? Yeah. I mean, across the board, you can look at every single aspect of uh, Americans' uh, financial health and the metrics are all going in the wrong direction. Uh, I haven't looked at the latest metric for, for student loan burden, but last I looked, the, the average balance was around $36,000. Mm -hmm. And this is obviously a more systemic problem outside of simply a personal finance problem. Uh, I think there's uh, questions around the uh, education system uh, to, uh, and kind of the private education system in particular to begin with. Um, but 
myself included, this is my personal story, is that these people, uh, so many Americans graduate with uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, and with the promise of um, gainful employment and, and career tra trajectory. And uh, it, it, a lot of people are just starting uh, behind this the starting line uh, and having to balance that with contributing to their 401k, for example. Um, related to retirement, one of the biggest shifts uh, over the past few decades has been the shift from uh, defined benefit pension plans to defined contribution, for example, 401k plans. Uh, a lot of this uh, is uh, driven under the idea of choice. Um, you kind of see this in, in healthcare reform as well, where uh, HSAs, for example, which are incredibly powerful tools for the triple tax savings, uh, it is true that it's a, it is a great choice. However, what it's missing is the education and advice that accompanies with it it, to um, help people take advantage of it. And it also does not acknowledge the behavioral psychology challenges around utilizing uh, uh, benefits and tools like HSAs and, and 401ks, because you're basically uh, telling uh, the individual uh, that they have to do their own work to understand what a triple tax saving even means, yeah. or how much should I put into my 401k uh, each paycheck, especially if I'm uh, uh, living paycheck to paycheck, or I, I, I have an hourly uh, job. Uh, it's really hard to plan ahead when when uh, your day to day forces you to think short term. Um, I mentioned the amount of uh, money that Americans have to pay for an emergency earlier. Um, and uh, there are issues around Social Security as well, uh, perhaps not existing for uh, even this generation or future generations, for sure. Um, and, and, and finally, obviously, uh, the, the elephant in the room uh, that has been in the room uh, for so long uh, is COVID. Uh, and it's impacted whole families. Uh, many of our uh, employer partners uh, have done surveys and found that even if that, that uh, company uh, did not do layoffs, um, typically uh, and oftentimes as, up, as high as 50% of um, families, including their spouses or partners, have been impacted by layoffs or pay cuts. Um, so even if you think that uh, your company is doing okay, um, financial wellness is a full family issue as well. Um, not to mention issues with inflation now with yeah. uh, current events. Um, so uh, all of these different uh, factors, I'm sure there are more different uh, metrics that we can look at point, uh, create, create a uh, situation where uh, it, employees are really struggling. Uh, and uh, that's why I think that, that's one of the big reasons why we're seeing such a big kind of resignation trend, uh, because people are looking for uh, better options out there. So uh, I think, I think uh, there's definitely a shift in responsibility to not only the individual, uh, but also the employer to, to help make the best financial decisions. Yeah. I think that, man, there's such, there's so much there that you said that, you know, we could dive into that's just so good. But one of the things that really stood out to me was just the fact that, um, you know, it's not, it's not, not just about like how much someone gets paid, right? Like you, you think about those, those factors of many people are starting the workforce or, 
even later in life have large amounts of debt, whether it's student loan debt or from, from other places. So they're again, starting behind the the starting line, like you said. And then I really like the point that you made um, about even if an employee is fortunate enough to work for a company where an HSA or a 401k is offered, there's really, that's it. It's like, here's, you can choose this if you want, but a lot of times they don't know, they don't have the knowledge about, you know, should I pick this or should I pick something else and how much should I contribute each month, each paycheck and and how much can I afford? So I think those are really great points. And it kind of leads me to this next question that I think we're kind of, you, you kind of alluded to as well is what role do you think employers should play in employees financial health? I mean, we've seen in the past, you know, that traditionally that, that role of employers, just like we talked about is maybe they offer a 401k, maybe they offer an HSA or different options, but often companies don't go much beyond that, right? Maybe if they're lucky, they'll do some sort of training on how to think through your choice of HSA or not, right? But beyond that, it's kind of up to the employee to determine their their choices, right? So, so is that enough? And if not, what more should employers be doing? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it starts with recognizing the uh, diversity of backgrounds of uh, employees. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, this is a big part of leveling the playing field is first and foremost, recognizing the diversity and diversity can be pretty broadly defined here. It could be different life stages. Um, and with those different life stages come different life goals and financial obligations. Um, somebody who's, uh, has a family has a very different set of needs than somebody who has student debt coming out of college. Um, the second is, uh, understanding, uh, uh, kind of ethnic backgrounds and racial diversity, um, uh, sexual orientation, gender, all of these have different, uh, factors as well that, uh, create more nuance to the ways that uh, employers can support their employees uh, financially. Um, for example, um, it is actually quite common among immigrants um, to uh, send money home to support their parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I saw this both with, uh, we, we've done a number of presentations with employee resource groups, uh, which are, which are uh, really great ways to uh, facilitate discussions uh, among uh, about about kind of diversity topics, uh, not only for uh, those populations, but also for for allies. And whether it be around the Asian American population or the African American population, it's, it's very common to send money home to support parents, but they do so with um, a lot of shame, uh, oftentimes because they don't know that it's quite common. Um, so that's another example of recognizing, uh, uh, how recognizing that diversity of backgrounds can enable, uh, you as an employer to, to figure out what strategy you want to put in place to support them. Um, uh, once you understand your employees a bit better, uh, then you can think about, okay, like let's, let's start, uh, take a step back and think strategically about what it means to offer a holistic set of benefits across the entire employee experience. And uh, mm-hmm. f- for those of you who are more familiar with uh, financial wellness, uh, I think it's really important to expand the definition of financial wellness to uh, a- across the entire employee experience. The truth is that financial questions exist uh, throughout 
the entire employee experience. So when I talk about financial wellness, I'm talking about supporting all employees holistically. Um, and I, it can also be challenging in today's environment uh, to uh, have kind of whiplash with all the different perks that are emerging. Uh, mm-hmm. If there's a perk, if you can think of a perk, it probably exists <laughs> and they probably sent you a, a cold email. And uh, I think it's easy to be pulled in so many different directions, maybe because of a small vocal group of employees are asking for something. But I would encourage folks to uh, take a step back, obviously listen to that feedback, but think about holistically, what are the ways to imp- support your employees' financial health? So now now with all of that set up, now I think it's uh, helpful to, to think about um, uh, what types of benefits are, are you are you offering? So some some concrete ways to, to think about this are um, perhaps for your retirement plans, uh, offering uh, low cost funds as an option. Um, that's uh, typically one of the biggest barriers uh, to people actually enrolling is not a, not good availability of, of uh, good investment uh, options. If the fees are incredibly high, it actually can can uh, can uh, hurt uh, progress. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, approach that I've seen really effective is through um, automatic enrollment in, in 401k plans. Uh, this goes back to the point of behavioral psychology. Uh, when when people uh, around this idea of default states, when people are automatically enrolled in plans, they're actually surprised by how much that they can save, even if it's a small amount, 1% of your paycheck, uh, mm-hmm. starting there and, and slowly increasing this idea of opt out rather than opt in. Um, uh, revisiting your health plans uh, to, and looking at the costs and, and mapping that to uh, the different demographics that I mentioned earlier. Uh, so, so that you support, you have a great plan that supports every single life stage whether you're a healthy 21 year old or somebody who has a family with three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's, that's another example. Um, and, and, uh, another area is around, uh, pay equity, keeping an eye on, uh, uh, cost of labor and, and making sure that, uh, uh, you're, you're staying ahead of, uh, inflation increases, for example. Um, and then finally is, uh, offering something like a financial wellness program, because once you have all these different resources, uh, it's, as we were saying before, important to give people an instruction manual for how to utilize all of these different things. Uh, and, and it's, it's, you wouldn't put together an I piece of Ikea furniture without an instruction manual. Uh, and, and so the same thing applies here where it's not just about saying, here's a bunch of things, good luck, but rather we're actually providing you the resources to, to work with a financial advisor, for example. Yeah. And oftentimes I think what I want to dispel here as uh, a uh, preconceived notion about financial advisors is that financial advisors are for everybody. They're for the hundred uh, percent. But the reason why historically they have not been is because of the inherent cost structures of the industry. So uh, financial advisors are really expensive uh, because you're kind of limited by the number of hours in the day. So uh, if you can pair that with technology like we have uh, to help financial advisors scale, then you can provide that personalization, that personalized advice uh, for how to utilize all these different uh, sort of compensation and benefits that you're offering. Um, and if you, if you don't have that yet, then uh, I think uh, 
doing presentations uh, uh, to educate employees on these different topics and creating transparency uh, uh, across what it means to be compensated in this way, what the benefits mean, uh, will go a long way uh, to, to helping employees feel uh, supported rather than be faced with these complexity of a bunch of point solutions under this guise of uh, choice. Yeah. No, it's so good. And you have so many good ideas that you just shared there. The one thing I really want to ask and kind of follow up on, because I know there's probably some, you know, small business owners out there who are thinking, um, maybe in the back of their minds, of course, I want to take care of my employees, but, but why do you think that it's really important that employers really go beyond the salary and retirement benefits and expand into some of these other things that, that you've talked about? What's, what's the why behind that for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of that altruism that that uh, you mentioned and is really important to me personally. And hopefully more and more employers believe that uh, to be the case. Um, but obviously, we as business leaders need to make an ROI case as well. Uh, what does the impact of this look like? And uh, there, first and foremost is you mentioned the great resignation. It's important to remain competitive in a talent war. Um, it's incredibly costly. Uh, to replace employees, especially those with a lot of institutional knowledge. And making sure that your employees feel supported financially is uh, one of the biggest ways that you can uh, solve. One of the biggest reasons that people uh, leave their jobs is uh, because of financial issues in search of a higher salary. Um, They don't feel like they can make progress on their personal lives by, by working at a company. So by getting ahead of that, um, it's actually quite a small investment relative to, to the, the cost to uh, retain employees. And if anything, you learn more, you, you, you are part of conversations, you have information to help you course correct rather than it being kind of this binary outcome of like, I either work at this company or I quit the company. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, that, that's probably the most important way. Um, and, and the other is related to uh, how productive people are, um, especially if your employees are living paycheck to paycheck. That's an incredible mental and emotional burden. Financial wellness is inextricably linked to mental wellness. And sure, we can offer access to therapists and counselors, which I'm glad is becoming more of a norm, not only for us to talk about it, but for us to support it. Um, but one of the most common ish- causes of uh, anxiety and, and uh, mental health issues is money. Yeah. And uh, by it's important to solve that root problem uh, uh, by solving the financial problems. So um, those are just some of the ways uh, that it's really important from a, from a business perspective as well. Yeah, I love that. And I think that it, it, there's a, there's a solid business case for it, you know, with regards to retention and, you know, employee experience that you talked about, but I also like the fact that you mentioned kind of the altruism there. I think that a lot of small business owners, a lot of business owners in general um, started businesses because uh, at least part of them wants to help the lives of others, whether it's take care of their own family, but also expand that beyond others. And I think that, you know, business leaders have a, have an awesome opportunity to really bless the lives of 
so many different families of their employees that kind of come under that umbrella of employment within the company. And so I, I like the idea of thinking more holistically about it. So, you know, um, the next question I have for you, Will, is really around, you know, these, these especially smaller companies that might not have huge teams of people who can, can really like look into this and figure out the best thing to do and train employees. I mean, we have so many listeners that are the one person HR team. So it's a small business owner and a one person HR team. So companies like that, how do you recommend that they get started in number one, not only helping employees understand their total compensation and benefits and number two, really supporting those employees' financial health even better? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and I recognize a lot of the challenges that HR leaders face of all different team sizes in helping employees understand their total compensation and benefits. Uh, it, it's uh First and foremost, uh, time is a big issue. Um, second is expertise, uh, having the knowledge to give financial advice. Um, mm -hmm. This is an example. I, I had a so an HR leader told me recently that uh, one of their employees asked them if they should buy a house, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, challenging because um, maybe that HR leader is going and googling the question and then coming back and, and giving a response. Yeah. And there are also obvious regulatory uh, issues uh, with uh, employers giving financial advice uh, yeah. from uh, sort of employees of an employer giving financial advice to other employees. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, to, to kind of address all of those things, uh, we kind of have this framework that we think about uh, the three A's. Um, it, it's awareness, advice, and action. And when you, when you think about uh, communicating uh, common benefits or total rewards in, in that way, it, it does help. Um, where first and foremost is how how uh, how do we share information about these benefits to our employees uh, in in an effective and scalable way? But not only that, the next level is how do we provide that personalized advice at scale? So many solutions are one size fits all, and you're kind of just trading off between the two. Um, and the other thing is that employees don't make financial decisions one time a year, uh, mm -hmm. but that's typically how often comms happen with total rewards, which is during open enrollment. Mm -hmm. uh, and the last piece is really important, which is action. Um, uh, and, and the question is, how do you make it easy for employees to take action on the advice that's being given? Um, so for, for, for each of those, uh, I think the, the way that we can all scale our time rather than having to hire more people in our HR teams to do this is through technology. Um, there are uh, tools like Northstar around financial wellness, but there are also, I've, I'm seeing a resurgence of tools like a total reward statement. Uh, and uh, the, the, the main uh, innovation with total reward statements uh, to improve on the, the past criticism or perhaps failure of total reward statements um, is layering on advice on top of that information. Uh, so it's not just about the awareness of those total rewards, um, but it's uh, advice on how to best utilize them. Uh, yeah. Why is this relevant to my personal financial situation? Um, can I work with an advisor, a third party advisor who uh, understands my company's benefits in and out so that I can basically delegate to them as an extension of my team 
don't have to deal with regulatory issues because I've passed on the, that to the advisor. Um, but this advisor also builds a relationship with the individual employee. Um, so it's a really great balance between, between the two and a way to, to support employees. And this can either be on a one-on-one -on -one relationship through a platform, or it could be starting small and starting with presentations and office hours that you that you uh, uh, do with your teams. Um, and, and that even is a, is a huge impact. When we do office hours, um, those meetings are, are booked up almost immediately. Uh, so there's a usually a huge demand for that. And uh, one of the uh, questions I often get is, uh, well, like, do, do my employees need financial advisors? They're not asking for it. Well, uh, what I would point to is the volume of questions that go to you as an HR leader. Um, and that to me is the greatest indicator of need for financial advice. So what I would say is that just because you, uh, your employees don't ask for a financial advisor, it doesn't mean they don't need financial advice. Yeah. Um, so uh, th those are some of the ways that, that we think about um, so helping employees understand total compensation and benefits because you're layering it on top of uh, people's financial plans, not just about saying, here's a, a benefits booklet and, and good luck. Yep. I love it. I think those are excellent, excellent tips. I love the three A's there. So awareness, advice, and then action. And I think sometimes just like you mentioned, they might not be asking because they don't have that awareness piece yet. Right. And so there's, it's really starting at the beginning there. So, well, this has been an awesome conversation. I'm, I'm, I would love to just keep talking to you all day about this topic because it's so fascinating. and so impactful for every business. I think I know we're about out of time. So really, really want to thank you for taking the time to share some of your knowledge with our listeners today. As we kind of wrap up here, the last question I have is really What's one thing that you think our listeners could and should do this week to improve their HR people functions? Yeah, there are there are a couple things. Um, one one thing is related to the financial wellness topic, perhaps a bit tangentially, but I believe very much in creating organizations that provide uh, certainty and transparency around uh, your current role and your future at the company. Um, and so the two ways that I think um, are really impactful are transparency around leveling and, and pay, creating equitable pay levels um, and transparency around what it'll take from a performance perspective to, to get to the next level. Um, and that obviously influences people's uh, financial wellness. They can see a future in achieving their financial goals mm -hmm. uh, rather than looking, seeing uh, resigning as the only way to achieve their financial goals. Um, so it's not just about paying your employees well, it's about clarity of what the next level looks like. Um, and then related to that, I mentioned performance, uh, is that uh, oftentimes we promote our people into roles that uh, they're not equipped to do. One of the biggest transitions is from as an individual contributor to, to a manager. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I believe very strongly in providing proactive coaching uh, for individuals and teams. Um, one example of, of one that we've done recently that's been really impactful is how to give feedback uh, that is specific um, and precise, uh, and and but also how do you balance kind of uh, kind and, and direct. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, those are uh, a couple uh, suggestions that I have somewhat related uh, to improve uh, not just people functions, but also the employee experience. I love them. Excellent tips. So, Will, thank you so much again for being on the show today. If there are listeners that want to get in contact with you, if they have follow-up questions or learn more about North Star, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, our website is uh, northstarmoney.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you all. Awesome. Will, thank you so much. Hope you have a great rest of the day. Thanks for having me. 
Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddy. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.